Hey everybody, and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Fangirl Radio Show. I'm your host, Jessica Dwyer, and tonight's episode I am very excited to have as our special guest interview, Mr. Larry Blameyer. And um, Larry is, of course, the director, writer, star of The Lost Skeleton of Cadavera, um, The Lost Skeleton Returns, uh, Trail of the Screaming Forehead, and so many more things. And he is with us tonight to talk about his latest Kickstarter for The Adventures of Big Dan Freighter Volume 2. And um, we'll be getting to that interview in just a few minutes. Um, I did want to go over some of the news uh, that is there for you. Uh, and, um, you know, I hope you guys are all doing okay. I know we're trudging along in this all together. Um, we did just have San Diego Comic-Con uh, that ended on Sunday. Um, I wasn't too thrilled with it. I mean, it was nice to have anything uh, but definitely, it wasn't as good as it could have been. Um, uh, to me, the big issue, and I've talked about this on Zinni 62 Media um, in my blog, blogs over there, but um, the, the issue I had with uh, uh, Comic-Con at home was just the fact that they seemed to miss the entire point of having panels um, and what a convention is. Uh, the, the panels I was disappointed to see were all pre-recorded, which I kind of understand because they want to make sure that it's completely, um, you know, seamless, there's no issues, no technical problems. But part of the issue of having um, a pre-recorded panel is the fact that there's no spontaneity. There's no off-the-cuff remarks. There's no improvisation with, between panelists. Um, the other part of the issue I had with those uh, was the fact that there was no chat. Uh, there was no interactivity for guests, you know, like for, for fans to even interact with any of these people, which is one of the massive important bits and one of the funnest parts to watch at San Diego when people get up and ask questions, fans ask things that, um, you know, you they could have done it in a way where they could either have pre-recorded uh, fans recording themselves, asking a question and playing them for the guest. They could have had the chat going. They could have had a lottery where you um, you got to ask a question. I mean, even even pre-recorded, you could have done this. It, it could have been done a lot better. Instead, it was like, well, what was the big deal? I was kind of bummed because I was having to work during the time this was going on. But it turns out it didn't matter because what I would have seen five hours after it aired, which it's still up to watch, is the same exact thing anybody else got to see at the time that it aired live. You know, we're not live, but when it went up. And they, did, they, they also turned off the comments on the, on the YouTube feeds. So you couldn't even comment on the video. You couldn't even say, oh my God, Keanu Reeves looks so great or whatever. It, it just lost the point of what a convention is. Instead, it was just a bunch of, of videos. Now, granted, some of them are really entertaining. It was neat to see Keanu Reeves talking about Constantine again. It was neat to see the What We Do in the Shadows guys. Um, you know, but everything was pre-recorded. So it kind of didn't matter. And that sucked. Um, also, of course, you know, everybody was pissed off at 
these uh, the exclusivity deals for product and things not working and it's kind of like well they wanted you to have that true comic-con experience so of course 90 percent of you aren't going to get an exclusive that's just how that works funko is always the bane of everybody's existence at san diego comic-con that's just how that is so you're not missing that because that's exactly how it is when you're at the show so enjoy that true experience of the line ride it's the exact representation of what it's like to wait in line yeah so uh you've that was there for you if you missed that. Um, if you wanted heat, you could just walk outside where it's 90 to 100 degrees in most of your areas right now and stand outside for about 15, 20 minutes. And there you go. There's your Hall H experience. But otherwise, it was sort of meh. Uh, I don't, you know, hopefully next year this is all behind us and we'll be able to all go again to the real event um, where you can go and actually talk to people and interact with people, which is kind of the entire point of a convention. Um, the other thing that uh, just actually, this came out today, uh, July 28th, as I'm recording this, and this is kind of a big deal because it tells us that theaters are um, hurting as well as studios right now. And there are a lot of releases, as of course we know, that um, haven't been released yet that have been set back. Um, right now, there's a big thing about Tenant. Tenant is supposed to be coming out, I believe it's in September. Uh, they're doing a bunch of um, uh, releases across the country or the world, and then it's going to be here in the States, um, which is smart because, you know, there are places that don't have to have the social distancing stringency that we are right now, which because people aren't listening and are being stupid. But uh, the the big news now is Universal and AMC Theaters announced a deal to shorten the theatrical window to as short as 17 days before, video, uh, before films can go on VOD. And this is a big deal because Universal and AMC went to blows about, uh, you know, with, of all things, Trolls World Tour, or um, I think that's what, yeah, Trolls World Tour, because that got released to VOD. Um, and... AMC was really pissed about that because that was supposed to be a major kids release and that was a major universal release, believe it or not. Um, and so they were saying that they would not have any universal movies in any of their global theaters. Um, now it's come to pass that I, everybody's decided, you know, we better get along because otherwise theater, theater chains and theaters in general are going to die. Um, and studios are getting to the point where they're really hurting um, because of this delay, because of not being able to put things in major theater chains where they can get more money per ticket. Um, there's even a program right now, and I, um, I'll talk about that um, maybe next episode, uh, that there is a program that uh, this just makes me feel really uncomfortable. Uh, but it's, a, it's basically a device that you can put in your home that will scan how many people are literally standing in your living room and by that data they'll know how many people are actually there to watch a pay-per-view event and will charge accordingly how terrifying is that shiz yeah i don't know if i want that in my house 
I don't care how inexpensive it might make a, an event for pay-per-view, but I don't feel comfortable about having basically the predator technology in my home to scan for my life signs and uh, body heat to tell it how much to charge me for it. Uh, uh, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., for example. I think that's creepy, and I really don't want to go there. Uh, but yeah, I actually got an email from the company that is making this thing asking, hey, want to review it? Want to put this in your house? No, not not really. Thank, thank you. No, please don't come into my home with your predator tech. No, don't need it. Thanks. Um, but yeah, so either way, this is actually a, an interesting development because it means theaters and studios are realizing if they want to survive, they're going to have to work together to figure this out. And um, so it's now um, cutting the time frame from 90 days to 17, which is really short. But then again, how much of a backlog do they have right now on films? And also, you know, they just want to get the stuff out. Tenant, as I said, has been, um, they're saying that it's going to be out in September. We'll see if that happens. I, they, um, I don't know, with the way things are going, I mean, here we are, it's August in a few days. And uh, the other depressing thing that's, um, you know, coming up is everybody's talking about Halloween. I don't think there's going to be any Halloween this year in terms of people going and, and, and trick-or-treating. And I, I think that um, that companies are really realizing that as well. Uh, one of my um, favorite Twitter, uh, Twitter profiles is uh, Dinosaur Dracula. And he had posted photos of where he had gone out and was shopping at the grocery store and already picked up the, the Halloween editions of uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups that are Frankenstein. They have like a green bottom. Um, and then the, uh, the vampire Hershey's Kisses that are red cherry goo inside so they look like blood. He already bought them. This was a few days ago in July. And what that tells me is They've already produced the chocolate and the candy, and they've realized, you know what, we're not going to have a Halloween. This is not going to be picked up anytime soon. Like if we put this out in September, uh, late August, no one's going to be buying it for Halloween. So they've just decided to dump it out and get it out there because they don't want to have that setting around. They know no one's going to be buying candy for Halloween because we're not going to have a Halloween. There's just no way. Kids aren't even going to be going, you know, it, it sucks too, because I think this year um, Halloween is actually on a Saturday, which it just, that just blows that we're not going to have a Halloween because it's on a weekend. That would be fantastic to have. Um, but yeah, we, we aren't going to have a Halloween this year. There's no way. Um, kids are going to be allowed to go out to strangers houses and shove their hands multiple times into baskets and, and buckets of candy where other kids are touching it's just not that's not gonna happen um so hopefully we'll have some really good tv to watch and uh 
everybody will just stay home and do some marathons of old movies and, and hammer flicks, and that's probably what I'm going to end up doing. Because we typically here at my house, we go all out. We, we have a big old thing that we put on in our garage where, you know, we actually have a haunt. We have kids come into the garage. We have kids come into the, t the tent. <clears throat> we start putting this together literally a week, two weeks prior to Halloween. And, and we we do this whole thing and we have kids that have been coming here for 20, you know, we, I think we've lived here for like 15, 20 years in this same house. And um, we have kids that are bringing, you know, we had kids that they were teenagers when they came here. Now they're bringing their kids. So thanks for, thank me. Thanks me for making me feel old. But they, they come here and they drive a long way and we have like a thousand kids a night. And um, that's just not going to happen. I mean, the reality is it's, it's not. And so, uh, yeah, if you're keep your eye open because you're probably going to be able to find, if you're like me and you like finding that, um, that you know, Halloween candy, the, the special one-offs one that they do for that and Christmas and stuff because it's tasty and, and neat. Um, you can probably find it in your store right now. You don't have to wait three months for it. You can go and get it now. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's going to be an adjustment. Um, but I'm hopeful, very hopeful, that things will be changing, and by the beginning of next year, which is only it's not that that's four months away. You know, it's not that long until the year of hell that is 2020 is over. Um, hopefully things will have been resolved, gotten better, we'll have a vaccine, and we won't have to worry about this crap anymore. So keep keep positive, try to keep positive, um, and you know, just keep doing, as I said in the last, last episodes that I've recorded, keep finding the stuff that makes you happy and doing that. Watching video, you know, watching videos, watching movies, playing video games, reading, you know, get comic books, get books, just enjoy yourself, find cool stuff. I just discovered um, not even Peacock, but the regular NBC app, because Peacock is sort of limited still on what you can play it on. Just the regular NBC app on um, <clears throat> our smart TV, I discovered, has all of the Invisible Man TV series from the Sci-Fi Channel, all of Buck Rogers in the 21st century, all of um, I think it's Columbo's on that one. It's on Peacock. Um, all of Reigns, I believe it was the Jeff Goldblum short-lived series where he saw dead murder victims that helped him solve their own murders. Um, has all of the Night Stalker, which is one of the best TV series ever made. So all of that is on there right now for you to watch. Yes, there's commercials on the app, but who cares? It's really good content and it's free uh, same with peacock really good content and it's free so there's lots to to keep you occupied i mean it's it sucks not gonna lie but we will get through this even with crazy demon sperm and magic witch sex cancer in the news was i the only one that was disappointed when you saw that demon sperm was trending and you, were, and you were like, what? Demon sperm? What is... Oh. And it was something to do with 
the Cheeto and Chief was the, that just me. I was, demon sperm? What is this? <laughs> yeah, disappointment. Anyway, um, speaking of uh, awesome stuff, again, um, guys, just keep with it. Stay with it. You're not alone in this. We're all in this together. And, you know, we're all fans. We're all family. You're my family, as I say. And I love you guys. Um, so don't think you're alone in it. We're all in it together. And we'll get through it. Um, and speaking of awesome, awesome things to help you get through, uh, let's bring on our guest, Mr. Larry Blamire. Blamire? Blamire. I always say his name wrong. I made a point to say and ask him before the interview, and I'm probably butchering it again to make sure I said it right. Blamire. And uh, he is fantastic. If you have not seen Lost Skeleton of Cadavera, get off your butt and go find it. I believe you can get it on Amazon. Um, also, the, the sequel is just as great. Larry makes some of the best stuff. Um, it's funny. It's an homage. It's not mocking the old school stuff. It's just lovingly making it comedic. And uh, he is doing something great with uh, Big Dan Freighter. There's already a volume one, which you can get on the, the website uh, for The Adventures of Big Dan Freighter. And there's also, you can get it on iTunes. It is hilarious. He gets some amazing guest stars like uh like Sam Whitwear is in it as a werewolf. Uh, it just really fantastic stuff. People want to work with him because what he does is great. And so I'm really excited uh, to have him back on the show with for you guys and to talk to him about his work, his method, and just everything in general that is weird and wacky. And it's always fun to talk to Larry. So without further ado, here's Larry to talk about uh, the Adventures of Big Dan Freighter Volume 2. The Kickstarter for this is still going on. Please back it. Um, they are thinking they might not make it this round because they're, they've only got a couple of days left and they still have a third of their goal to get to. And if everybody goes and just donates um, and backs it, it'll make it. So just go now. Um, I will have the, uh, the link in the description here um, for you. Please go back it. Help Larry make volume two so we guys can enjoy hearing these crazy stories uh, that are just like old school audio dramas, but with a, a goofy, fantastic quirk to them. And without further ado, here we are, Mr. Larry Blammeyer. Bye, guys, and I'll see you next time on Fangirl Radio. Hey, everybody. I am very excited to welcome back to Fangirl Radio, Mr. Larry Blammeyer and uh, his uh, wonderful audio adventures of Big Dan Freighter, which is having a Kickstarter right now that has a couple of days left for you to uh, back it and be a part of it. And I am just excited to have Larry back on the show. He's a friend of the show and he is hilarious and an icon and wonderfully talented and uh, human-shaped. I would say that's a good description of you. Welcome back. How did you even know that? That's crazy. <laughs> we're, not doing, we're not doing video, so I'm like in awe. How did you? It's okay. You know what? That's magic. That's fine. 
I have disembodied eyeballs that I can send anywhere, and they, they can float through the ether and find you. How cool is that? That is amazing. And by the way, I like being a fan of the show, because a friend of the show, no, he's a, a friend of the show, because people need to befriend shows more, you know? And if you're a friend of the show, you can take the show shopping, you can you can have the show for dinner. I like being a friend of a show, and the show is my friend. So I like that whole image, it's cool. Yeah. That we, we, we have Christmases together and, yeah. uh, you know, like baptisms of, of our little show babies. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's the episodes. Little show babies are the episodes, so they get baptized. But awesome, Larry, thank you so much for joining us in this weird time that we're in. Um, we need entertainment and we need things to make us laugh more so now than ever. And that's why I'm happy to uh, to find that you're creating more of these adventures of the iconic Big Dan. Um, I mean, what what made you want to go back to Big Dan Freighter right now? Well, you know, that is um, uh, that's a, a good point, because I, of all the things that that we have, um, uh, you know, I think that property is is almost the most escapist because it is um it, it's just these you know these these wacky adventures that sort of harken back to a simpler time and uh uh you know it's a weird thing because when you're working on something like this and i'm sure other people feel this way you feel like like should i be doing this now what am i doing i'm making funny things and pe- you know and there's people like suffering and, and and everyone's locked up and wearing masks and it's just you know and and um and, and so many people are ill and 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 you kind of wonder like how can you make funny stuff like that but uh ultimately i think and hope that it is something that uh, people are looking for right now you know we all need uh, a little bit of escape from uh, the strange situation that we are that we are in i guess I agree. I think it, and you know, it's, it's something a lot of people are finding comfort in finding their, um, you know, a happy place going back to not, not only the stuff that they've watched and listened to previously, like a comfort blanket, um, but also just finding things to keep them occupied and just, you know, make them laugh. I, I truly believe that's something that we need right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's that's true, and uh, and in that way, Big Dan Freighter is uh, kind of a throwback. You know, it's it's like I actually did some animation for this Kickstarter, and uh, uh, which was a lot of work, and I, I except for the voices, I was pretty much doing everything myself, and and uh, it was kind of it was fun to do that, but I I decided to make it look like an old kind of like an old Rocky and Bullwinkle cart. <laughs> I, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, it's very uh, limited. It's the limited animation kind of thing. So, um, you know, I like to think the Big Dan Freighter and these weird adventures and his two pals that he goes around the world with uh, in these strange adventures uh, that are absolutely absurd. I like to think it, that that it may be the closest thing to comfort food that we come up with, uh, meaning we, uh, you know, the folks I work with. Well, and and one thing I kind of you brought it up, so I'm kind of skipping ahead here. But one thing that I I absolutely love the style 
that you did. I love the, I, I caught onto that right away. I'm like, cause I, I grew up watching the Bullwinkle and the, the fractured fairy tales and, and the Dudley do right cartoon animation. Um, have you ever considered doing an animated series based on this? Because yeah. I think it would be fantastic. Yeah. And actually that's one of the things that, that we thought of. Um, I had, I had come up with the characters. I mean, literally just jotted their names in a notebook. Uh, before writing Carol the Screaming Forehead, and uh, and I fit them into that, but uh, even even at that point, I thought this would be a fun animated series. Um, so that is definitely something that that is a a possibility. Um, uh, it's always something in the in the back of my head, and I, I think I was I was definitely thinking about that when I made the animation too. I would say. <laughs> Um, so for people who may not know what this is, and I've, I've, I've kind of, I've gotten on my social media, I've gotten the word out there and, and just talked about it, but describe in your own words, what Big Dan Freighter's, um, audio adventures is. Well, it, it, um, on the surface, it's something like an old radio show, even the sound of the music. I mean, it has set that quality of, uh, of like an old time radio adventure, um, maybe one that's aimed more for the kids. Uh, but like a lot of kids things, I think it has a, a, an adult appeal that is different because, because of the level of absurdity. Uh, and so we have uh, three adventurers, Big Dan Freighter, seafaring rough and tumble guy that he is, that voiced, uh, played and voiced by Brian Howe. Um, his pal, Dutch the Swede Anna Crombie, who is, um, he's, not exactly the sharpest tool in the bosun's drawer there. Um, <laughs> he's a, a lovable guy, but he's, he's a little, a little, little behind in things. Uh, uh, he's played and voiced by Dan Conroy. And then we have uh, intrepid librarian, Millie Healy, who is played and voiced by Alison Martin. And uh, of course, these are all folks that, that are from, you know, the wonderful company that I work with company of, of players and, uh, and these three, you know, who are, uh, you know, I mentioned Rocky and Bullwinkle, but there, and there's this, there's a certain sort of, uh, Hardy boys and Nancy drew quality to them. And they encounter, uh, you know, mysteries, strangeness. There's a bit of sci-fi, sometimes, uh, spooky stuff. Um, so, you know, it, it, uh, it, you know, I I, I, I sort of channel my inner uh, Scooby-Doo there and the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew and all that combined. Um, and they're ridiculous. I mean, they <laughs> have ridiculous adventures. And um, oftentimes there's uh, less there than there seems to be. But they're always fun, I think. They're always fun. <laughs> so and and you mentioned some of the actors that you know uh, that you worked with and you have your company of and cadre of actors that you you have um, that are just amazing the the amount of talent you get and and who works and they all look like they're having a great time which I love how do you get some of the like you have Kevin Kidd you have Sam Witwer how do you get these guys involved and bring them in? Do they have friends that say, Hey, you really need to do this because you're going to have a blast or do they just know your work well, and come over and beg to be in it? Cause I think that I would. That's it. There are <laughs> people even now uh, trying to break down my door for parts. And it is just something that I, uh, I have to put up with uh, <laughs> the real, the real answer is that it's all different because for instance, um, uh, 
Sam Whitmer was um, uh, he was a fan of Lost Skeleton and the stuff we were doing, which through a mutual friend that that came to me. In fact, it was through um, it was through Frank Dietz, who uh, is in Lost Skeleton Returns again. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so Frank hooked us up and I said, well, Sam, you know, you want, you know, uh, can, can we get you in one of these? And uh, and and. He's in uh, Night of the Wherewithal, which uh, he gives. It's a, it's a fantastic performance. But then you've got, for instance, um, Brian Howe knows Kevin McKidd. In fact, so does uh, Dan Conroy, who plays uh, Irish music with with Kevin McKidd on occasion. And and uh, uh, Brian initially brought Kevin McKidd in. And um, uh, so you never know how that's going to happen. Uh, Brian had also worked with Michael Chiklis. And that's how he became a, uh, a guest star. Uh, Jim Beaver, I, I know uh, Jim Beaver. And, of course, he was in uh, Dark and Stormy Night yeah. and one of our Tales from the Pub episodes, too. Uh, Jim, Jim is amazing. He's like a walking encyclopedia of Hollywood. Jim? Yes. Yeah, oh, he is, really. He really is. Uh, <laughs> I think he's finally getting – finding the time to finish his George Reeves book, which is <laughs> which which he's been working on for years, um, the original Superman, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, uh, so yeah, it, you never know how that's going to happen. And we're very fortunate to have, have a lot of talented folks come on board and have fun. That's great. I, I Sam Whitware is almost too good looking of a guy. I'm, I'm just going to put that <laughs> out there. He, he looks like he was just created from chiseled marble and, and, and yeah, I yeah, chiseled, chiseled features. Exactly. Yeah. I saw someone chiseling him the other day, so I, <laughs> it's true. And I don't, don't know if I should say that, but yes, they were actually chiseled. Uh, it must I, have cost him a fortune. I ran, I, I ran into him at Comic-Con in San Diego a few years ago. I literally ran into him. He was <laughs> he was taking pictures of this amazing Superman statue, and I, I was backing up trying to take a photo of it, too, and I hit him, and then I looked up, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, Hi. <laughs> Sorry. I just, he, he was everywhere at Comic-Con. It was hilarious because he's as big of a fanboy as he is an actor. Right. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. You love, I, you got to love that. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think I've asked this of you before, but I'm, I, I wanted to ask again because I, your, your work spans not only film, not only audio, um, but you're an artist, and everything kind of comes back to science fiction and the classic, like, style of not only art, but of uh, film and, and television. Uh, what started your, your love affair with that? Because I can tell that's a mas- massive part of your life. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm asked that a lot, and it's very hard to... It's very hard to pinpoint uh, any one film or any. I was just immediately from the from as long ago as I can remember, I was just drawn to anything strange and different, which includes uh, science fiction, monster movies and such uh, cartoons that would have monsters in them and things like that. Comic books, of course, with with uh, with with more of the fantastic in it, um, as well as art, fine art that to me was fantastic. I remember when I discovered Salvador Dali and, and, uh, Rene Magritte, uh, you know, it was, that was like a door opening. And I, uh, I haven't painted lately as much as I would like to, but, um, uh, 
but I've always enjoyed uh, painting surrealism. Um, so I'm kind of I, I like the surrealistic aspects of um, of monster movies, uh, the strangeness of it. And that appeals to me and, uh, and and guides a lot of the stuff that I do, whether it's art. I mean, I was a science fiction illustrator for for a while, for mm-hmm. years um, as a and that was kind of a, you know, a secondary living because in Boston there wasn't enough for that to be my complete living, you know, make a living off. But uh, but that was that was a really cool thing. And uh, even when I started writing plays and and directing stage plays, I had um, uh, a bit of a, a, a sci-fi and fantastic kind of bent to things. I did a play called Bride of the Mutant's Tomb, which was <laughs> uh, sort of inspired by uh, about a director trying to finish his film, inspired somewhat by Ed Wood. Um, and, and some of the elements in that later went into the making of uh, Lost Skeleton of Cadaver. I pulled certain dialogue and stuff out of that. And I'm sorry, I just wandered all over the place, didn't I, with my uh, I know. I, I love hearing you talk about your work. I think it's it's amazing. Um, so kind of I, I kind of wanted just a little off track here. I'm going to wander off too a little bit. Mm-hmm. Have you have you ever seen because this is something another friend of the show uh, had brought to me. To, to me was a show called the hilarious house of Frightenstein that was done in Canada on a uh, cable access back in the late seventies, early eighties. Uh, Cause I think you would just love it. And oh, there's, is that, is that available to be seen now? Yeah, you can watch it on YouTube. And what's fantastic about this, it's never going to be released. I don't think ever on, on video um, because of the rights to the music that's involved. They'll never get it out there because it, they, it was like a psychedelic crossover live action show that they used the music. They, they, one actor played like uh, almost a dozen different parts and they got Vincent Price to be in it. He flew up to Canada, shot all of his stuff in like a, a day or two and for all of the episodes he has interspersed parts where he's like a little uh, a host and he does the intro this is a cable show in canada <laughs> it was a i am not even lying it's called the hilarious house of frightenstein and it was a cable access kids show in canada and yeah. and um the 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 gentleman that brought it to my attention is named mark Meir, and he is um, amazing. He's an improv, uh, improv artist. He's a, a massive geek, and and he he grew up watching this as a child, and it initiated him into I want to do that, and it's mm. you will love it. Great. Thanks for the tip. I, I, I definitely want to look uh, look for that on YouTube. Oh yeah, no, it's cr- they have like a whole five minute sequence of a wolf man just dancing to Mama told me not to come to the psychedelic color scheme. I don't know. And now and that, everybody's doing that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, the Wolfman, he, he loves the <laughs> funk. <laughs> but um, oh, but kind, so, of, so. kind of going into that, um, I'm curious about your writing because uh, I, I'm a writer. I know there are people out there that listen to this show that um, are also, you know, wanting to write and create. Right. When it comes to writing for audio plays, what's – different and a challenge to writing for film or just writing in general for comics what's the difference there because 
you, I'm guessing you have to do a fine line between you don't want to over dialogue it because you know, it's audio and you're trying to describe as much. How do you, how do you cater to that? Well, I'm not one to really talk about writing for comics. I think, uh, I, I, you know, I, early on, I made a few comic books of, of my own, but, uh, so I, I really don't know if I can uh, speak to that, but, um, but you know, the, the, the thing that I realized more and more about writing in general, not just for film, is to that is the basically you've got to write something terrible in order to write something good, <laughs> which which means basically just get your first act out of the way, uh, whatever you're doing, and just just write just write just write it because then when you get to the end of that first act you're going to know okay now you know what what it's about kind of so it, that's that's I, that's the tip that when people ask me about writing if i have anything to offer that's it which was offered to me i didn't make that up i mean this was something that 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 i learned and and you learn it the hard way because there's nothing worse than staring at a blank page and or a blank screen and uh um, the way to get past that is to just, you know, don't be afraid to write something awful because you have to. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the one thing that I always it I, I gauge by is, am I having to force this out? Does it, you know, is it going to f- sound right if I have to force it? I have to feel like I'm okay with writing it because you know when you're forcing something and it's not going to sound good or read well. Right, right. I, I, I think well, that's the um, yeah, that's that's gonna happen uh, where you feel like it's funny sometimes that the work will take you in the direction it wants to go, and this is this this ties in with the mystery for me, the mystery of creativity because I I don't understand it, and I don't know if anyone really understands it how that works, um, but. There are times when I have found a project pulling me in a certain direction that it wants to go. Uh, and if you try to think ahead and you want you want this thing to go somewhere to a certain place, it's going somewhere else. If it's going somewhere else, don't fight it. Just see where it goes. Um, that's what I found. I like that. I'm going to keep that in my in my brain. That's a good answer. Um so with with Big Dan, can you tell everyone um, exactly what, where we're at right now with the Kickstarter? And um, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think well, we're uh, uh, we've got a couple of days left as we are talking right now, uh, and I don't know if this one's going to make it. We've had. Uh, uh, in the past year and a half, we've done three very successful Kickstarters for uh, for uh, Blu-rays of my films, um, and uh, it's been that's been really exciting to see them, especially my director's cut of Trail of Screaming Forehead, finally uh, put before the public. I was so happy about that one in particular. It's been, you know. Um, uh, it's been years, and so to finally get the director's cut, my original version of it out there was very rewarding. Uh, but with this Kickstarter, I don't know if it's going to make it. So there's a possibility we will reboot um, in several weeks and see, you know, we'll regroup, see if maybe we can 
we can try again. Um, maybe the timing will be different, um, uh, you know, to our benefit. So we'll see. We'll see. Gotcha. Well, and hopefully it makes it. I'm hoping it does. Um, but if it doesn't, definitely bring it back because you've got an amazing just list of people in episodes here that I was reading about that just looks great. I'm really excited to see more of these or actually, I guess, hear more of these. Yeah. Um, so I did have a couple of fan questions for you that got asked. Um, and I wanted to bring those up to you. A couple of them are, um, as, as I expected to be a little odd. Um, but no way. No way. <laughs> you're, but, me, you're trying to tell me that people Wanting to ask me questions or coming up with odd ones? Get out of town. Odd questions on, on the internet. Who knew? <laughs> on the internet, no <laughs> What? <laughs> um, but the first one, actually, I'm going to ask you. I uh, my, my husband, his name is Troy. Troy is a massive fan of Lost Skeleton of Cadaver and all of your work. And his, his was a simple one. His was a simple one. I said, did you have any questions that you would like to ask Larry? And he said, why are you so cool? <laughs> now, there's the question that I get asked more than <laughs> Larry, not, Larry. And the follow up, Larry, why are you so cool, first of all? And secondly, how can I be as cool? Well, I think that was inferred. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm glad that somebody considers me cool. Um, I, 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 I will now embrace that. And I think that will be a meme or something um, or, or at least a T-shirt. Uh, I think if you are yourself, if you're going to be cool, just be yourself, uh, which in my case means kind of act like an idiot a lot, which I do. Um, say what's on your mind and also say what's not on your mind. Uh, say things that don't come from your mind, but come from someone else's mind. These are all, I hope everyone's writing these down at home because this is, this is, this is gold folks. Or, uh, or you can grab somebody else's mind they might not um, appreciate that or feel good about it, but you can grab their brain. Mind grabber. You're a mind grabber. <laughs> wow. That's a, that's, that's gotta be an SF term right there. The mind grabbers, they're back. Um, uh, so I, I don't know. Uh, I, uh, if if uh, one person thinks I'm cool, maybe there's more. That gives me hope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, that did not disappoint. Um, so next question <laughs> is from Patrick Ketter. Does it actually keep bacon warm? That's all he asks. <laughs> you know, there's so many answers to that. <laughs> I assume he's now that could be the atmosphere, the uh, atmospherium detector. Uh -huh. uh, so, uh, you know, um, we're talking about the movies. Nothing really does anything. So that I mean, uh, that might sound like a cop out answer, but it's an honest one by gum. And if I'm, all, I, and if I'm not about honesty, then I'm not about anything by gum. And I'm going to keep saying by gum because I was going to say by gum. You better by gum. I want people to go out and buy gum. So by gum, by gum. Uh <laughs> What was the question? Ba I like bacon, too, by the way. Uh, you know, I wish turkey bacon tasted a little more like the regular bacon because it's it, it seems to be a little better for you. But maybe not. Maybe all bacon isn't. Who cares? Bacon's cool. So there. I, I think bacon came from the devil. And so all bacon's probably evil. <laughs> Even the tofurkey bacon. That's not real bacon. 
Yep, yep. The Salem witch trials wouldn't have happened if if uh, if there weren't. <laughs> I play. I blame Bacon. Um, yep. So Michael Rot, Michael L. Rot asked, please ask Larry why there are so many curved letters in his name, or what <laughs> kind of tree he would like to be. I think you saw that one. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I actually saw that. I can't believe you're asking me. That's 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 wonderful. Um, so uh, <laughs> I promised. <laughs> you know, so I, I did see those. Those are on, on on a Facebook post of mine, and I um, and so you'd think that I would have thought ahead, but and expected you to ask that, but I didn't. So I'm only going to say my you know, what tree? The mighty joke. <laughs> see what I did there instead of the mighty oak. I the mighty the joke. joke. The mighty joke. The mighty joke, which was J-O-A-K, technical. Um, that's the kind of tree I would be. and um, uh, Or a spreading chestnut tree would be cool, because then you'd, you'd always have a blacksmith shop right right underneath you if you need that. Um, and, and the curvy letters, that's interesting. Now, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing my name in my head which I can do because I'm so familiar with the darn thing. Uh, it, it, I'm looking at the name Larry Blamire, and it's, I guess in small case, there might be curvy letters. But if you're doing all uppercase, man, there's a lot of straight, straight edged, uh, you know, like uh, <laughs> letters there. So that's that's a mind warping question, Michael. Thank you very much. And I'm going to be thinking about that for the next four minutes. <laughs> four, Michael, you got him for four minutes. So, you know. He's use that psychic wavelength that you've got going on there for that question. Yes, please. All right. Well, Larry, thank you so much. This is always, it's always fun to talk to you. It's always a pleasure. You're one of my favorite people. And uh, I just, I'm happy that you're creating still and you're getting all this work out there and I'm just happy. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Uh, I always enjoy chatting with you and thank you so much for your, uh, support of all the strange and uh wacky things that we do it's really appreciated oh yeah you guys are fantastic keep it up i i love classic hollywoods and i love classic sci-fi and i love laughing my guts out and you 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 do that you do that for me so thank you <laughs> it sounds painful but i'm glad but i'm glad <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir, so much. And everybody go to the Kickstarter page. Uh, I believe it's up for another couple of days if you can and um, back this project. I will have the link uh, posted all over social media for Fangirl and myself. So um, go out there, back bent down and get him get us another volume. <laughs>